Welcome to the PayEvil podcast by Payment Evolution, Canada's largest and most loved cloud payroll solution. Yes, we pay people, but we're so much more than payroll. Our mission is to empower small businesses across Canada, just like yours. So tune into this podcast and let's talk all things startup, growth, scaling, and Hello and welcome. This is Juliana with the Pay Evil podcast. Very happy to have you join us here today. I am also very excited to have Leah Green with me. Leah, say hi. Hello. <laughs> um, Leah and I are going to talk about some interesting employee pet peeves that business owners need to know about. But before we do that, we always think it's so much more fun if you know who the heck you're listening to and who's chatting. So Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So hello everybody. My name is Leah Green. I run with uh, a combination of our small business owners and you know, head the accountants channel here at Payment Evolution. Um, I, I actually came from Intuit Canada and I've worked for a few other large large organizations in the past and once upon a time I was also a hairdresser and a makeup artist for a couple different brands out there you might have heard of Yves Saint Laurent and Giorgio Armani <laughs> well well when when you play you play you go don't go small yeah exactly um and I have to say uh you your style is just it like you you have a presence when you walk into a room it's really cool so I envy that, and one day we'll steal you and uh, kidnap you and bring you to the mall with me, <laughs> maybe in safer times, so you can shop for me. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We, we've got a day. Um, okay, so thank you for that introduction. Uh, you know, uh, for, for, for those who have listened to, to this podcast before, you'll know that I'm head of marketing at Payment Evolution. Um, I do want to quickly set the tone that I, I've worked in finance and I've worked in tech a lot. Uh, this is a fintech company, but I've also, I do, I do marketing for startups. I'm really, really big on, um, you know, the small but mighty uh, David versus Goliath kind of growth stories. That That's what really excites me. Um, and, and accounting is not my, my, in my bag of tricks so much. Um, so I just want to really dig in here, Leah. Would you say that you know the accounting world really well? Um, do you do you feel like um, you kind of bring that? Like, what do you, what do you bring from that perspective to small businesses? So I found um, a couple things actually that I learned over the the multiple years of my experience. Um, I learned a lot about you know what it actually feels like to run a small business on on a day to day basis, and you know the the pain points and you know the positives and what the daily life kind of looks like for the business owner back in my salon days. But then on the flip side, you know, with my few years at Intuit Canada working with the accounting professionals, you know, I really got to to learn what their world looks like and be able to kind of fuse both of those together. And um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I found a lot of them, you know, they're they're very different, but they're very connected. Mm-hmm. I, I really love that you talked about that. Um, I, I think I think we don't really give enough credit to the power of having multiple sort of careers in one life because because of the transferable intelligence that you pick up along the way. Uh, my, my parents are small business owners. They have a hair salon and I worked there throughout um, high school and, and some of university. And 
I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's just, there's theory uh, that you can talk about it in a boardroom and then there's being on the ground and, you know, it's uh, it's Friday night and you, you still have a, some paperwork to wrap up and it, it's, it's a different beast. It's a different world. So it's awesome that you bring those two perspectives. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, it's been an interesting journey, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so really the topic for today, let's, let's dive into that. We, by virtue of the fact that we are a payroll company, well, we have other products too, but payroll is our flagship. There are stakeholders who essentially interact with our, our product on a regular basis, and they didn't choose to. That is the end user. That is the employee that's being paid. Um, in a benefit scenario, that's the employee that's getting benefits. In an HR scenario, it's the employee that is being, um, you know, put through the the machinations of of our HR um, offering and, and such. And we need to think about these folks. Is that fair? Do you agree that even though they're not the buyer, um, there's a voice here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, one of the benefits I've always found too, you know, really, really including their voice and, you know, making their opinion matter and taking their feedback from their employees is that, you know, then your employees feel a lot more invested mm -hmm. and they'll be happier and they'll actually work harder for you because they feel like they're a part of everything. Yeah, that's really fair. Like that, em that employee engagement thing, you know, how invested you are, how, how much you feel aligned with the purpose and, and the way things are working in, in the company you work for really does impact performance. Um, what I, what I, what kind of bothers me is this idea that you often will have employees kind of whispering to each other about something they don't like, but management never finds out. You know, and that doesn't happen in all places. Some places it's, you know, completely wide open door. But the the truth is some of that feedback will never make it to the ears of the decision maker. And maybe, maybe it's good feedback. Sometimes in, in the trenches is where you get the, the best intel. Oh, absolutely. And that's... Um... That's that's part of the problem is that even if as a company or as, you know, say owners of the company and the ones in the decision making space, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know something's a problem, then you can't find a solution. You know, if you don't know that, let's say, for example, your sales team doesn't like the way that their their comp structure is and, mm -hmm. you know, you put out something new that you think is relevant to them, but you know, turns out it's not, well, you have no idea unless you have that conversation or, you know, put out a survey or, you know, ask questions first. And, you know, if they're only talking to each other, then they're not, uh, they're not making any changes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, that's a perfect segue to this question. I, I you know, I'm curious how you're going to answer. <laughs> what are the, what's one, let's pick one thing that employees are complaining about, employers need to hear, and no one's actually bridging that gap. What, what is a pet peeve from the employee perspective that, that has come up on your radar with the work that you do? Hmm, I don't know that I could put my finger on just one, but <laughs> if I had to come up with one in particular, at least to, to start with, um, one that always actually got me 
and maybe it's just because my situation differs than than some others. Um, but one thing that always got me was that whenever they made changes to say benefits packages, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope no one out there gets offended by me saying, <laughs> but they always seem to make positive changes that you know they wanted to pitch to you as a team that hey we're doing this for your benefit we're giving you something better we're giving you more. And it, it really only benefited people that have families. Mm, interesting. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a bit of a different perspective because a lot of people, you know, they're married with children, et cetera. They've got families. And for a long time, um, I didn't. And yeah. I still don't have children. And I'm never going to have children. And I love kids. I usually just love other people's kids. But... <laughs> I don't you know, if you're, if you're not someone who's in that situation, then a lot of the things that they were really focused on improving weren't relevant to you. And it's like, yeah. I, I know for a fact, like, I'm not the only person out there that doesn't have a family and that certain things were not relevant to. Does that make sense? And so for the people yeah. out there that do have families and do have children to to take care of, you know, certain benefits were amazing for them and having certain improvements were great for them. But a lot of them didn't really make a difference for for me in particular. Yeah. And then I looked around and started talking to, you know, other friends of mine in different industries and other people I knew over the years, you know, across the corporate world and in different, uh, totally different industries from each other. And they all kind of said the same thing for, mm-hmm. for those that, you know, well, if I didn't have kids and I didn't have to worry about, you know, dependence dental or, you know, spousal anything it really doesn't matter to me. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that topic of perspective, period, because you can't possibly stand in someone else's perspective if you've never been there or if you're, even if you have been, but it, it's, you're not there now, it's just different. Um, and one thing, like I, I am married and I do have kids and I have to say, there is this built-in expectation that if I'm asking for something as a wife and a mother, that, you know, it's, it's justified. And I just don't think we should be comparing needs, right? Um, you want your people to be, all of your employees to be fulfilled and, and um, taken care of and, and generally feeling well. Um, I would hate if I, if, if, if it was a flipped scenario and, I felt like I couldn't ask for anything because somehow, you know, it's, I'm not as important and I'm not suggesting that that's how you feel, but I just know that from my perspective, anytime I've been able to say, oh, you know, I need to run my kid this or that, you know, there's this, there's this comforting understanding kind of nod of like, oh yeah, that's so tough. Go. Well, I just don't think that those those needs should be measured that way. You kind of need to, it shouldn't just be because I share your perspective, um, your needs matter. Um, it, it should be, you know, what are your needs, period. We're all on the same team and we all need to be taken care of. And you can't possibly have that intel without having those discussions. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when when things came to, and this happened um, a few years back at uh, a previous company of mine, 
And what we found is that us employees together, exactly as you brought up, you know, we were all kind of talking amongst ourselves about how X, Y, Z changes and improvements on certain sides were great for those with families. But what about the group of us that don't have that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of thought about how could they have done better the next time? And we thought about the option of, you know, putting out a survey and Mm -hmm. using some sort of you know, survey monkey or glint or something like that to maybe gauge like what's relevant to their employees. And, you know, maybe we thought like if something like that was done, it would have been better instead of just assuming what they thought was relevant. They actually asked the questions to find out what was relevant. And then that way, you know, say, for example, you had four different areas that you were going to invest in to improve and you had the options. Well, that way, instead of all four only being specifically relevant to, say, one group of people, you could maybe spread it around a little bit to include everybody. Yeah, for sure. That makes a ton of sense. And I can't help but think, from a marketing perspective and sales as well, it, you you can sometimes understand your audience by creating personas, right? Like there, there are going to be some people that you sell to or market to that share common interests or common pains. Um, well, I think it, it, you probably also have personas in your in your employee group too. People are going to be drawn to a brand to work for a company um, based on shared sense of purpose, but you're going to have some that have a, have that sense of purpose because of X, Y, Z, and then some that have that sense of purpose because of ABC. Um, so we, we all have some common ground, but then there are also like little niches of common ground, um, that some groups will share. So the, the survey idea is brilliant. And if you can turn that into personas and understand, you know, what are, what are the, what are the, who are the people we're serving? <laughs> you know, I think uh, that's like a great shortcut to, to actually doing this ex- exercise properly without making those assumptions and easily missing an audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. So th- this one is, is kind of, silly even and I know I know it seems silly to even raise this as a pet peeve but I'm going to personally own this and I've had this conversation with many many people um that I you know that that were my co-workers every time that I've worked at a job where someone comes around every two weeks or whatever the pay cycle is and hands me a piece of paper with my my pay slip my pay stub whatever you call it I'm irritated for a few reasons. On on an environmental level, I'm constantly trying not to use paper. I feel bad to write myself a paper note. So that's one piece. The next piece, I don't know what the heck to do with all these pay slips. I, I've ended up with like really bulging folders um, full of pay slips that are you know, they, they're not even a flat sheet of paper. They're kind of folded. And so I can't even use the optimal space in my drawer. I just feel like somehow I am now responsible for storing stuff. And again, I don't know if this is a huge thing for other people. I know that I've, it's irritated me and I know that I've, I've heard the similar complaints from others. Um, but I, I have to just share one anecdote. 
that recently I was talking with a friend, hey, how's work going? And she's in HR and she was really excited about the fact that her company with, you know, hundreds of employees, I think maybe around the four or 500 mark, they were so excited that they were going to be moving to electronic pay stubs. And I couldn't believe that was considered an innovation. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe that that was a huge step forward. Um, I'm glad that they're doing it. But, you know, isn't isn't uh, the paperless payroll <laughs> route the, the, the choice of today? What are your thoughts about that, Leah? You would think so, but it, it never ceases to amaze me how many people out there are still doing things the, uh, I call it the old school manual way with paper. And, you know, if you're, if you're in a position where you have to provide pay stubs for something like, let's say you're, you're going to finance a car or you're, you're taking out a student loan or you're, you're applying for a mortgage or anything like that, right? You know, you have to provide pay stubs and, you know, your, your proof of employment and all these things. And when you think about, imagine if you're in a time crunch because you only have a small period of time to produce these documents. Well, how do you find them? If you've got random pieces of paper that you could have potentially lost, I don't know where that went. It could be at the bottom of my purse. I might've thrown it out. I have no idea. Um, I remember, uh, being back in my student days and I was that crazy girl who worked two jobs in school Uh full time. And Uh I, I had a financed car at the time so that I could get something, you know, that was just newer and nicer and whatnot to go to and from school. And so there I am getting these piece of paper pay stubs from the restaurant that I worked at and different piece of paper pay stubs from my, um, one of my other jobs and trying to figure out where did I put them when I'm having this crazy schedule of full-time classes, two different part-time jobs. I'm all over the place. You know, you, you, you think back to those days when it was student life and it's, you know, a hundred projects and mini assignments and readings and, you know, just like, it's a disaster. Like it's, Uh you know, you've got the largest coffee in the world and it's, what is sleep? I have no idea. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) But, But you're in that. And, you know, you have like 24 hours or you have to come up with these, you know, these documents on a dime. And how do you do that? And I'm Uh sitting there with the finance manager of this car dealership saying, oh, crap, I don't even know where those are. How am I going to get those? And what happens if you lose it? What if you need them, you know, recreated? Uh That's not happening if they're handing out paper. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's interesting because, you know, we're talking about, you know, different stages of life and different um, different modes of operating with this paper. Um, but from I, from either end of the spectrum, whether you're over filing like, like I've done in the past or whether you're kind of like holding onto them and putting them in the, the massive stack of paper that, you, that you're managing at the time, from either end of the spectrum, it is inconvenient. It just is. And then the other thing that I want to underscore here is how about security and privacy? Because you put these things on someone's desk and I know that they're sealed. Um, but I, I do remember one instance in the office where the wrong one was put on someone's desk. He got over to his desk. He opens it up 
And he didn't see the details. He immediately saw that it was someone else's name, closed it. And then we all had a bit of a laugh and there was a bit of a kerfuffle, you know. But you don't want those mistakes to happen. That's, uh, that's really private information that shouldn't be shared. 100%. And uh, sometimes in certain instances, that can even create animosity between mm -hmm. staff. So I'll give you a great example. And this was a long, long time ago. Um, we had we had a couple different makeup artists on an old team of mine who um, who got paid more than the others. Mm. And mm -hmm. the others weren't allowed to know that. They weren't allowed to know that they were getting a, a lower rate. And, you know, a couple checks were given out to the wrong person by mistake. You know, because you think, you know, let's just say, you know, I'll use my name, for example, Laura, Leah, Leanna. Mm -hmm. You know, you might mm -hmm. have a few of similar names. Yeah. And oops, things can happen. Jessica, Jennifer you know, something like that, Julia, Juliana, what if yep, you've got totally. duplicates, or if you've got, you know, a few, uh, few different Monica's, I'll never forget, we had three different Monica's on one of our teams years back, and, you know, they all had different last names, but it's all the same first name, and so, of course, you know, unfortunately, things happen, and they, they realize that certain, you know, certain team members are paid significantly higher than others, and it caused major issues to the point where a couple team members ended up leaving. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I actually think that that's a really, um, you know, not a great story, but a great example. Um, it's it sometimes the things that can cause animosity in an organization are obvious, like something like that where um, where people are being paid at different rates and that's really private information and there's a rationale for it, I'm sure, uh, whether it's a justified one or not, it's ultimately the payer's choice um, and, and it's private. Um, so that maybe is a an example we can all understand. But I I remember working with someone who was, um, very upset um, and and hid it from management because of pay cycles. And he felt like the company was being cheap, um, didn't want to run pay roll more frequently so that he could get money in his pocket more frequently. And, and every time it was payday, I remember him making a little crack about, oh, I guess, I guess they got around to it. Or, you know, I guess they, they decided to, to think about us this week or whatever. And it was, it was an odd thing that didn't resonate with me at the time I was living at home and I didn't, uh, you know, most of my money was disposable income, but something as simple as choosing your pay cycle and asking your, your staff what they want and what their needs are, it could make the difference between people making their bill, you know, payment dates and being happy at their job. Um, it's, it seems so simple and yet, um, the animosity that can come out of it, um, and the division that can come out of it, you know, uh, totally avoidable, um, is it, still, it's still great. It's a great, great potential there. Oh, absolutely huge. And it's one of those silly little things where, you know, no one ever thinks about it because there are these weird one-off situations that don't come up very often, but, then it becomes the, the oh crap moment. And it's like, what do you do when it does come up? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how do you avoid, you know, 
any possibility and how do you you know avoid risk and mitigate risk in that sense for those those weird one-off times that something odd like that comes up yeah for sure um there's uh do you have any i'm wondering if you have any other pet peeves employee pet peeves that are um kind of sitting on your mind that that you'd like to share with the group now um i can think of one but it's not payroll related Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's it's funny i was was talking about this the other day with uh with one of my my teammates and it was all around um time management and Mm -hmm you know, how, how much it drives us nuts when you, when you have a manager or, you know, a boss or some, anyone like that, of that leadership nature, who is your superior, who, uh, you know, they'll book time with you and then they either show up late or they don't show up and they just move things in your calendar. And, you know, they, they, they have this time management issue and it makes me laugh, but it was also something that over the years in previous roles would, would drive me nuts because mm-hmm. I would sit there and I'd wonder like, do you think that I have nothing to do, but mm-hmm. you know, twiddle my thumbs until you want to get together and chat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and honest to God, like not taking offense, but I can, I can honestly say that I'm one of those um, bad, well, not time management folks, but I, I'm great with some details and horrible with others. So um, I've totally been in scenarios. I think it literally happened today where I had something booked, something ran long. I kind of forgot to loop back and, and to just kind of leave someone hanging and, and what I can, I'm allowed because you know, I'm, I'm running the department or whatever. No, that's not cool. And that's not really how that's not aligned with my values, but you kind of need to call these things out. Otherwise, you know, reactionary behavior just becomes the default behavior. Oh yeah. And you know, there's, I find that there's also a difference too, between, you know, those one-off moments where things happen, but then it, in one of my old past scenarios, you know, an old role of mine, I had a, I had a manager that he did it all the time. It was consistently every Mm -hmm. single time he'd book things in your calendar and then he'd go to move them, but not even look to see if you were already booked in something else. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Well, uh, that kind of stuff just, oh, it made me laugh so hard. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, form informs function. And I think sometimes, you know, a topic for another day, but I think sometimes people's um, priorities, uh, objectives, goals are literally driven by the invites in their calendar. Um, you know, now I'm going to go to this. Why? Because it's there <laughs> rather than rather than this is actually where I should be spending my time today. Uh, this is a priority, that sort of thing. So there's there's all kinds of default behaviors there that we need to think about. There, there is one more example um, that I have, a real-world example around sort of the employee. Um, this was actually a successful scenario where the employees had an opinion and they did end up bringing it to management and management made a change. But um, essentially, this was a uh, young law firm. Um, there were, you know, a few senior partners that were, they all co-owned the place. And then the rest of the folks were younger trying to establish their careers. And so they had health benefits. Um, but these, these, you know, fresh out of school, young folks who didn't have dependents, they didn't really care so much about health benefits. 
and they were an informed group. They really wanted a health spending account. And it's just so interesting because you could have, you know, the the platinum healthcare plan for your staff, but if that's not what they want, they're not using it. Well, then there's almost no point in having it at all because it isn't it isn't as big of a perk. Um, so they ended up, you know, joking around. There was a lot of joking around about, oh, you know, I'd like to get some plastic surgery, but that's that's not covered by our benefits plan. And that's actually how the conversation about a health spending account came about. And so they made a shift and they uh, they added a health spending account alongside the benefits. And oddly enough, I think most of the staff uses their HSAs more than their than their benefits, uh, at least the the junior ones. Now, things kind of changed over time as as the organization, um, as everyone in the organization aged and ultimately uh, grew and there were more age groups rather than those two divisions, the the senior owners and then the younger folks. Um, but man, if you're going to be spending that money to make your people happy, you better be spending that money on something that makes them happy. Well, and you know, if you think about it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna joke a little bit here. Um, if you think about it, all the stress that comes from work, you know, instead of sending them a bill for my Botox, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just gonna pay for it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like if if I have to frown this week because you know something went wrong and I had to do it twice, <laughs> I might as well be able to uh, get the. Um, well, isn't that that's one of the most tax efficient benefits, right? Is uh, is to get compensated, if you will, through having a health spending account or health benefits. Um, so yeah, there's that's a really nice perk. It's a really nice way to, you know, quote unquote, compensate me um, without always just thinking about the bottom line dollar. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. All right. So I'm thinking. Our employees have pet peeves. They're not talking about them with us on the regular. What advice, Leah, do you have for SMB leaders, owners um, that are, you know, not potentially not in the know um, and not in these whispering, irritated conversations that are happening amongst the employees? What advice would you have for them? My advice would be ask the questions. Don't just assume you know the answers, you know, don't make assumptions and to not, don't assume that what's relevant to you is what's relevant to your staff. Ask first and then that way you're able to give them, you know, great benefits that are really tailored towards what's relevant to them and they'll have so much more love and respect for you in return. They'll be so much happier and in return they'll work so much harder for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. We don't know what we don't know. And, you know, there are the Steve Jobs of the world that can walk into a room and look at a project and say, okay, you know, everyone quiet, this is the way to go. Um, that is extremely, extremely rare. And there's a, a wealth of intelligence and and innovation and creativity that can come from a team approach. And I think we I think we need to think about that not just in terms of the products and services we create and deliver, but also in terms of how we operate. And that is things like payroll and benefits and HR. Um, you know, they even say there's the saying that you don't um, people don't quit a job, they quit a manager. 
um, well, it's very possible that someone could leave a job because of the internal workings don't flow well. And that is so painful. And maybe the rest of it's fine. But, you know, they go to a larger organization um, that has dedicated more time or something and has got it figured out. And the employee benefits. If that is something that really means a lot to your employees, well, there is a fix. Let's all just talk. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm so I'm so grateful that you joined me today. Um, I I love your energy. Um, I love I love the fact that you are so engaged in this market. I know that you know um, business owners and and the mark and the accounting world uh, pretty well. And like in, I was going to say intimately, and then I corrected, and I went to the the other end of the spectrum because I thought intimately was too close. But I know that you are immersed. Um, and really respect your point of view. So thank you for joining me today. It was a pleasure. I'm so glad I could be part of this and part of, you know, all things PE. <laughs> well, we're honored to have you and I'm sure we will invite you back again soon. I am going to say, folks, your employee pet peeves, they matter. Listen to your folks, talk to them, keep your door open, use use that innovation. You can hire a consultant for a heck of a lot of money to tell you the same things that the people on the ground in, in your in your place of business could tell you themselves. So so connect. Connection is where it all happens. I want to thank thank everyone for listening today and please tweet us, DM us at payevo p a y e v o with your ideas for podcast sessions we want we're we're a resource for you so you tell us what you need to know and we will get you that expertise we will bring it on this show and and chat it out send us your questions we're at your disposal go small businesses have a great night and thanks again thanks for listening to the payevo podcast if you are looking for better payroll human resources, benefits, and more for your small business, be sure to visit paymentevolution.com. Don't forget to subscribe and tweet us at PayEvo with requests and ideas for future episodes. We'll catch you next time on the PayEvo Podcast.